Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. To suggest that there's disruption in the healthcare market is an understatement these days. Joining us to focus on some of these changes is Dr. Judd Chalkley, a practicing physician with St. Joseph Hospital, Kentucky One Health in Lexington, Kentucky. And we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Dr. Chalkley, you talk about disruption in the medical hierarchy. What do you mean by that? I think as we look around and see what's going on in the healthcare industry in the United States, we see a big, chaotic mess. Last year, we spent $3.2 billion, or excuse me, $3.2 trillion on healthcare in the United States. About 10% of it went to primary care, which is the area that I'm going to be talking about at the Alltech Disruption Conference. I think we all saw all the animosity and the lack of understanding and the infighting and the politics of the Obamacare legislation, and now we see it again in the Trump legislation. So I'm not picking on either political party uh, in this discussion, but looking at alternative ways to provide care in a much more dignified way for the patient. The uh, theme for one of the places that I went, which was in Mexico at Sucarni, which is a beef manufacturer, is Salud Digna, which is healthcare with dignity. And I think we need to restore that in American healthcare. And I also think we need to restore the idea of the doctor-patient relationship where your doctor is your friend and your confidant, uh, not necessarily somebody that's filling out forms, typing away on his iPad, and spending an inordinate amount of time in electronic medicine rather than real medicine where you're taking care of a patient. There's a study in JAMA in December two years ago where they followed the interns at Hopkins and one of the private hospitals in Baltimore, and they discovered that as they followed them through their entire week, they spent 1% of their time uh, eating and uh, going to the restroom. They spent 7% of their time actually in contact with a patient and 43% of their time with the computer. Let's talk about Salud Digna. What about Salud Digna do you consider a model? The first model I saw was at Sukarni. There's a gentleman there who owned Sukarni who had a son that was very, very sick. And so he tried to get his son in for diagnostic testing, which was necessary in the western Mexico region. And the wait was five months for a regular person. He fortunately had money and was able to bypass the system, but then he came back and thought, wait a minute, what's everybody else going to do when they have the same problems my son had? How can I help them? So as a philanthropic effort, he started this healthcare delivery system. And 20 years ago, there was absolutely nothing when his son got sick. And now they took care of uh, 6.5 million patient encounters in 2015. And he started by focusing in on things that he could have an impact on. He focused on imaging, radiology, those kinds of issues, uh, laboratory and the things associated with laboratory, and eyeglasses. And he provides eyeglasses for $20 for a good pair of uh, monofocals. And like the bifocals I have cost $30, and they're the same glasses. I visited their glass factory, and it's state-of-the-art for Sydney, Australia, or New York City, or Los Angeles. Their laboratory has PCR machines so that they can do the most recent state-of-the-art kind of testing for laboratory in microbiology. 
and their imaging is second to none. They have the same imaging that we have. In fact, they even have some nicer facilities in mammography. They have complete suites with mood music and visualization areas for the woman because this can be a very painful procedure for women. And a mammogram is $15. A chest x-ray is $15. An EKG is $10. The most expensive test they have is a CT scan, and that's $140. And that's with a spiral scanner that's state-of-the-art anywhere in the world. I was at a recent conference of, of medical professionals in Washington, D.C., and the the buzz was, how do we get the cost of healthcare down in this country? And the numbers you've just been citing to me are pretty remarkable. How do they do that? In Sukarn's case, it is revenue neutral now, and that was the goal. The owner of Sukarn partnered with GE, Fuji, and several major corporations to get the initial hardware in and subsequently some of the software. And then they found price points where they could pay their employees and have reasonable salaries for the radiologists, for the obstetricians, for the people that were involved in the system so that uh, they could keep them in the system but uh, didn't overcharge. There was no profit incentive in the Sukarni model. And they got their costs down to about a tenth what we would pay for the same things here in the United States. There's another model that I looked at that has Salud Digna. It's actually part of their model, too. It says healthcare with dignity rather than being in Spanish. And that's by Josh Umber in Wichita, Kansas, and it's called Atlas Medical. And it's a direct care model. And Josh and I have been texting back and forth and emailing back and forth and going over all the details. But basically, you pay him $50 a month for your primary care. So if you need an EKG, if you need a laceration sewn up, if you need uh, a routine history and physical, if you develop a cough, sore throat, whatever, you just go in and see him. The normal overhead for a physician in the United States is about 50 to 60%. His overhead is 30%. Most of his overhead is the cost of medicines he purchases because he's taken the pharmaceutical industry out of the equation. You get your medicines from him. A course of penicillin is about three bucks. Uh, a course of most antibiotics is $10 or less. And so they dispense the medication right there when you go in. So instead of Let's say you have a sore throat. You call the doctor, you get an appointment. You get into the doctor, you go to the receptionist, you fill out all the forms. Somebody looks at your throat, maybe not even the doctor, maybe it's a physician assistant, which is fine because physician extenders are an integral part of medicine at this time. Uh, you get the strep screen, you, you get a prescription for the antibiotic if that's appropriate, then you take it to the pharmacy and get it filled and you spend a good deal of time. And it's much more difficult as you get older, or if you have older parents that have that kind of problem, or let's say your parents are in a nursing home. Uh, it's a very difficult undertaking. With Josh's model, you call him up, you text him a picture of your uh, throat. He says, we'll run by the office and get a strep screen. And if it's positive, we'll put you on antibiotics. And you get the antibiotics at the office at that time for less than a couple of dollars. Uh, the strep screen in his office is, I think, $1.43, and the course of the appropriate antibiotics is about $4. And so for less than 5 bucks, you've you've walked away with appropriate treatment and a good level of care. The other things that they have available is you can call him anytime, 24-7. 
the number of patients that each primary care doctor has in Atlas Medical is 600 as opposed to the 3,000 patients that the primary care normally has. So he's available or she's available, and they guarantee that you can have up to 30 minutes of their time at any 24-hour segment uh, during the day. So it just makes your doctor accessible. You know exactly what the costs are. You pay $50 a month, so that's um, uh, just multiply that times 12 to get whatever it is. 30% of that's overhead. The rest of it's profit. And that profit is paying for his salary, which is about $200,000 a year, and which is more than the average family practice doctor makes, which is the average in that part of the country is about $150,000 a year. So everything's very transparent. It's very open. It's very patient and centered. There's some other advantages to this too. Let's say you're too sick to go to the doctor. He comes to you. He makes house calls. They make nursing home calls. And so you say, well, what do you do about things like if you have a stroke and have to go to the hospital? You have a heart attack and you have to go to the hospital. Your wife's pregnant or you're pregnant. What do you do in those situations? Well, you buy insurance on top of this, but you buy it for catastrophic or more substantive, more serious medical problems. So if you're pregnant, you go to the obstetrician and the obstetrician manages your pregnancy, does the delivery and all that. And then uh, Josh takes your care back over at that time. And the way the Kansas system is set up, it costs you about uh, a total of $200 a month per capita for health insurance. So 150 of that's gone to the insurance company and 50 of it is gone to Josh. Uh, the average per capita around the country is over $600. And so you see there's a $400 savings per person right there in primary care, which is about 10% of the overall medical expense in the United States. Okay, I'm absorbing all this and thinking about our present system, our present national system, if you want to call it that, whatever it is that we have, and thinking, this is well, this is ideal. Why isn't this what we're doing? I don't know. It sounds too good to be true, but it's for real. It works. Uh, it's working very well in Wichita, Kansas. In fact, it's working so well that some specialty care centers in the Wichita area are adapting a similar direct upfront payment kind of system so that there's no insurance company, there's no third party, there's no third party to reject you going to the doctor or reject this or reject that. Uh, you just go to the doctor and get most problems taken care of and then referred on if need be from there. Um, there's some dermatological practices, there's some orthopedic practices, and there's some uh, cardiology practices that are doing a similar thing uh, with Dr. Umber in Wichita. They've also negotiated rates down so that they can uh, uh, provide specialty care when needed at a, at a reduced cost. Uh, another interesting thing is they're just creative. They're people on the ground trying to figure it out. They're not beholden to some huge bureaucracy telling them what to do. They tried to figure out how to handle chest x-rays. Well, should we buy an x-ray machine for our office? Well, then we have to leadline the office. We have to do this, this, and this, and it's going to be cost prohibitive. So what should we do? Well, they talked to the orthopedic surgeons next door and said, hey, can you take our chest x-rays for us? They said, sure. So a chest x-ray from Dr. Umber is 25 bucks. For Sukarni down in Western Mexico, it's 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you can't get a chest x-ray for under $150 anywhere else in the U.S. that I know of. What about pharmaceuticals? Um, you mentioned that basically they're cutting out the middleman 
They're kind of, there's a reason there's a Rite Aid, a, a CVG, a Walgreens right. on practically every corner. They make a lot of money. They do, but those are profound savings we're talking about. Yes, here. they are. So the markup, is, is, is that incredible on the retail side? Um, yes. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Um, I'm dumbfounded because it seems to me as though we're we're just scouring this country for this very idea. It has has this concept been presented on a national level? Has it been forwarded to? Uh, it's gaining audience. Policymakers. Was, uh, Josh has been on the Hannity Show, and his model Atlas Medical has been featured in the Wall Street Journal. Is it um, such that it could be? compatible with what we have in place already, the Affordable Care Act, if were it, can it be integrated with the Affordable Care Act, or would that have to be completely dismantled and this kind of system replace it? I've thought a lot about that. In both the Trump proposal, uh, which is over 10,000 pages, and I don't pretend to understand or have read all of it, and likewise, Obamacare, which I don't pretend to have read or understand it mm -hmm. either, uh, I'm not taking sides on this political issue. Uh, I think with either one, either a federally funded or a private insurance or simply an out-of-pocket payment, this model and the Sukarni model both work extremely well. If somebody couldn't pay, the government, the insurance company, however they wanted to do it, could give the $50 to the person that didn't have the money and they could integrate into this system. Uh, if the person just didn't want to have it, they could just pay themselves. Uh, so I think it, in the same way with the Sukarni model, you just know up front what you're going to get and what the costs are. Well, I want to thank you for laying that out. I, I think that the, a lot of people are going to be really interested in hearing about that model. And um, perhaps another time we can talk about it at more length. I want to make sure that we touch on a few other things in this thank conversation. Um, one of them is... Our physician front, do we have enough doctors in rural areas in particular? According to the American Medical Association, uh, by the year 2020, we're going to be about 100,000 doctors short nationwide. And most of the shortage is in rural primary care, as you alluded to. And why is that? I don't, again, pretend to have all the answers. The cost of medical education is astounding right now. The average medical student finishes with $150,000 in debt. The average resident, by the time he's finished his training, is over $250,000 in debt total. And that really affects your decision-making process when you're 30 years old and you're a quarter of a million dollars in debt and you haven't earned a penny. It's kind of a difficult situation. I think we've got to get more people interested in becoming doctors and we've got to better utilize our physician extenders, our nurse practitioners, and our physician's assistants uh, in meaningful ways that they can, they can provide good care for our patients. What uh, significant technology innovations on the delivery side or on the regulatory side do you think could transform the healthcare scene? I think the biggest problem facing doctors right now is the shortage and the burnout. And to address the burnout, there's a recent study that shows that half of the internal medicine board-certified doctors by age 35 are burned out. That's age 35. 
And the reason that they give is this isn't what I signed up for. There isn't a doctor-patient relationship. It's more a doctor-computer, doctor-insurance company, doctor-administration kind of relationship. So I think anything that will help restore the doctor-patient relationship, which I think is the primary motivation for most people going into medicine, uh, would be reestablished. I think that's one thing that really needs to be done. One of the things that's also hurting is the amount of regulation on doctors. We're so heavily regulated by things that we're supposed to do and we have to do and dot I's and cross T's. Now, some of those things are probably worthwhile and probably had very good beginnings when they were first created and had good intentions. But you start adding them on and they become requirements of practice and requirements for the insurance company to to pay. It becomes very, very onerous. For example, we changed over to ICD-10, which is a coding mechanism which allows us to say what it is, whether it's a a wart. Uh, You now have to code for so many things on ICD-10 that any one mistake in coding and there's no payment either from the insurance company or from uh, the government. So you spend so much time with problems like coding that you have to hire somebody to code to be sure that you get paid and you wind up supporting four to six people, which is the average nationwide that a physician supports. Dr. Judd Chalkley is with St. Joseph Hospital, Kentucky One Health in Lexington, and we thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for listening. To hear other conversations with many of the featured speakers at one, the Alltech Ideas Conference, visit ideas.alltech.com. Access is free after signing up. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture. future.